Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome, everyone, to this Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast spotlight edition, bringing you another interview here, Ryan Roberts, Rise and Draft on Twitter. It's quarterback week, which I'm so pumped up about. Have the opportunity to bring on Jared Dagey, who is a quarterback out of West Virginia, originally a Bowling Green record setter, awesome quarterback over there. He made the transfer over to West Virginia last year, had the immediate eligibility, Really did some nice stuff down the stretch there in his four games he played. Was was also able to retain that year of eligibility by only playing in four games. So, Jarrett, before I get too heavy into the background and everything, man, again, really appreciate you coming on the pod today and just sharing a little bit of your backstory with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, like you said, um, I started at Bowling Green. I went to high school in Texas, um, in Lubbock, Texas, at, out of Lubbock Cooper. Um, had one offer coming out of high school. Um, there's a bunch of tech coaches at Bowling Green that uh, were on the staff at Texas Tech. Um, they gave me my only offer. My brother was the receivers coach there. Um, played my freshman and sophomore there. Uh, year, freshman and sophomore year there. Um, did well. Um, didn't win a whole lot of games. Uh, coaching staff got changed. I thought uh, maybe uh, now's my time to go play uh, big-time football. I wanted to compete at the highest level. Um, um, so I got in the portal. Uh, had a few schools hit me up. West Virginia uh, was the one who caught my eye, and Neil Brown was the head coach here. He coached my brother at Texas Tech. Um, I came on a visit, loved it, uh, committed here. Um, got here in the summer. Um, you know, didn't know if I was going to be eligible. Um, put in a waiver uh, to see if I could get uh, eligibility. Didn't really have a chance to compete in fall camp. Right in the middle of fall camp, I got to uh, got the notice that I was going to be eligible, but really had already decided to redshirt. And so maybe I could play the last four games. Kind of worked out for me, played well. Um, looking forward to this season. Absolutely, man. And uh, you, you covered a whole lot of your background, which I'm very happy of. J- just kind of the, the quick glance into your, your career. How much, because I know, Jerry, you, you already said, you know, in, the, in that little introduction to yourself that you had already made the decision to, you know, redshirt this past season. But how much is it is it a blessing for you? Because obviously you're going to a new place. You're obviously an accomplished quarterback at your previous school, but you had the opportunity to play in four games, play really well uh, throughout what I've been able to see of the four-game stretch so far. But how much is it just a blessing to be able to have those four games, but also not lose that year and still have two more years here? Yeah, like you said, I'm really lucky. I've kind of thought about it and playing freshman, sophomore, Four games, junior and senior year, I, I could possibly play as many uh, college football games as you possibly could play. So, I mean, to for for to get to get film out um, to NFL guys or, or say I've played as a lot of college football, it, it's it's really a blessing, like you said. Mm-hmm. 
And I know you, you mentioned the, the ties to, to Coach Brown, obviously, with, with your, your brother Seth and his career over there at Texas Tech. Um, obviously a great quarterback as well. For you, when you were making that decision, you know, you talked about, you know, the comfortability with Neil Brown. Talk to us a little bit about what Coach Brown has going on down there at West Virginia. I know some people are really pumped up about what he's potentially going to bring to this program moving forward here. Yeah, I got to know Coach Brown when he was at Tech. He was the OC coaching my brother, and I was a little bitty, but um, I would go to camps and, and kind of got a relationship with him uh, through that. And then um, as I transferred here, um, just kind of left off on the you know same foot as we were when we were at camps. Um, and he's got a really good culture uh, growing here, was at Troy, um, grew that culture, won a lot of games there, and I think we'll be able to do that here too. Mm-hmm. And I've actually had the the privilege of in the past. I, I interviewed James Morgan before his you know before the draft this past year. Grant Loy, I actually wrote an article about him when he entered the transfer portal because I was a big believer in just the, the talent that he has. When you look back on the quarterback room that you guys had at Bowling Green, some extreme talent. Just what was it like being able to compete with some of those guys and and, um, and you know just just know that Bowling Green here is is been kind of a, a hotbed uh, for for future NFL talent potentially here. Yeah, it's pretty crazy looking back at the QB room we had and how good we actually were. Um, J-Mo goes off to FIU and and balls out and gets drafted in the fourth round. Um, Grant is now at Auburn and I'm here Um, on all those through all those, both those guys are uh, really good friends of mine and to look back um, and see how good that that room was. um, That just shows how, um, how much better it made us and, and compete and competing against high level guys just makes you better. And, and I know when we look at obviously five and seven, I'm sure wasn't the, the end goal obviously for what, what the season this past year in 2019. But when you really look at the schedule, you know, there's a couple close losses, potentially bowl eligibility is on the line, a play here and a play there. You know, football is obviously a game of momentum and you always kind of really, you know, get a little angsty about the, the couple plays that maybe didn't go your way for you have have you guys kind of taken what was the positives of last season and are you using that as momentum kind of going now into 2020? Yeah, I think we had a, a really young football team and in it, in it being the first year with a, a new head coach, I think going into year two and, and getting some guys to mature a little bit and, and just, you know, learning the offense a little bit more, I think will be explosive and, and a really good offense and defense this year. Mm-hmm. And and I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the Stills brothers on on that defense. I know West Virginia always has guys, you know, from from for a long time now, just really solid defensive players. When you're going against that defense specifically on a day to day basis, how good is it? Because I know when I look at you know the the best defenses in the Big Twelve year in and year out, usually West Virginia is definitely in that conversation. No doubt, I think we actually have a really good defense, one of the best in the Big Twelve. I think we'll see this year, um, and going against them. Uh, every day in practice, um, I'm just lucky to do that because you have guys like you said, like Darius and Dante, um, just running around, getting away from those guys is just making me uh, better each and each and every day in practice. And, and I know the uh, the expectations are kind of going to be magnified a little bit. Like you said, the second year of a coaching staff, you guys have some momentum kind of rolling in on a couple close losses, potential bowl eligibility. But I know this this offseason has been very odd, man. So, Jared, talk to me a little bit about just navigating this this very uncertain offseason and just how happy you were to finally get back with the guys now. 
Yeah, it was it was super weird off season, but I think it helped me a lot. Um, I got to watch a lot of football, learn a lot of football, and, and really just focus on me. Uh, I got to focus on just fundamentals of what I wanted to work on for a couple of months, and that's what I what that's what I did while I was at home is just continue to just work on what I needed to do to get better. And then when we got here, everybody was super excited um, just to see each other, be around uh, your friends again, and get back to work. And I know when I'm watching the film, Jared, like the immediately the things come up, come up, kind of pop off the screen is you could tell that you come from a football family. Obviously, your brother we talked about a little bit, but you're very intelligent signal caller. I love the ability to change arm speed. You throw with great touch down the football field. For you, kind of talking a little bit about that, you know, getting better this offseason. What are some things, maybe even over the last couple of years, that you've seen as the biggest improvements in your game overall? Yeah, I'm always trying to uh... – be on top of my footwork. Um, I think if my footwork is is on time and has rhythm, then I'm going to have a, a really good throw. Um, and then it's really just uh, mentally uh, watching football, um, preparing myself for that game through film um, and watching film in the offseason, um, just getting better uh, just in the playbook um, and learning the, the offense and knowing it like the back of my hand. And if I had to ask you, Jarrett, you know, being a Texas guy, I'm sure it's kind of been ingrained in your blood for a long time, the game of football. So it could be past, present, growing up, whatever it might be. Are there some quarterbacks or just football players in general that you have kind of, I don't want to say idolized, but you have kind of taken a lot of their game and maybe tried to emulate them to a certain degree? Yeah, being from Lubbock, Texas, um, watching Texas Tech growing up all my life, it'd be all those Tech quarterbacks from Kingsbury, to Sonny Cumbie, B.J. Simmons, Graham Harrell, Taylor Potts, Baker Mayfield, Pat Mahomes, Davis Webb, my brother. I got to I got to grow up and, and watch all those guys. And then Tech was kind of the, the first school to start the whole air raid thing. So I knew growing up, this is what I wanted to do. This is what I uh, kind of offense I wanted to play in. And, and then just learning from all those guys and seeing them in person, going to practices um, and just watching them ball out. Uh, I just kind of try to pick – couple things from each one of those guys um, to be successful in this air raid offense. And, and kind of now moving, you, you know, you talked about the, the second year. We talked about that a little bit, the the improvements in the program. For you now going into 2020, what would make it a successful year? What are some individual and team goals that you might have for the team? Yeah, no doubt we want to win the Big 12. For us to be successful, we want to try the main goals to win the Big 12. Um, and, and for myself, um, I just want to I want to throw a lot of touchdowns and win a lot of games, and 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 and, and that will be a successful season for me. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, we we don't know whether you know, obviously, depending on on how everything shakes out, twenty twenty one NFL draft, twenty twenty two. Obviously, you have the two years of eligibility, so we'll kind of see what the future holds for you. But just from a from kind of an outside perspective here, because I'm a guy that's a big believer in your talent. I think that you definitely have the opportunity to play professional football whenever that day comes. For you, what type of blessing would that be? And maybe just how long of a dream has that been for you to potentially play professional football? Yeah, that, that's that's the ultimate goal. Um, that's been my dream ever since I was a little kid, uh, to play college football, then to go to the NFL. Um, I want to play football um, as long as I can. Um, I would love to play until I'm 40 or, or however long I can. If not, um, I'll probably be around the game and coach like my brother. And my dad has 
uh, coached for 25 plus years too. So yeah, like you said, I've been around the game a lot. I'm hoping to play in the NFL. If not, I'll coach coach football just like them. Well, that's going to end this interview here again with Mr. Jared Dagey, quarterback out of West Virginia. Uh, Jared, again, man, appreciate it so much you taking some time today. I know it took us a little while to connect, man, but I really appreciate you getting a little deeper uh, glimpse into your story here. Welcome, everyone, to this Believe in NFL Draft Prospect podcast spotlight interview edition. I am Ryan Roberts, Rise in Draft on Twitter, bringing you everything and anything you need to know for the 2021 NFL Draft and beyond Excited, as always, to be able to speak with some of the absolute best players in the country on multiple levels. I have an FCS quarterback on today from Illinois State, Mr. Brady Davis, who in 2018 had a dynamite year for the the Redbirds in their first year. This past year, uh, the team had a phenomenal season. Unfortunately, he was lost uh, the latter stages of of the season after 11 starts, I believe it was with a knee injury. So, Brady, bringing you in, man, thank you again so much. And, and kind of just filling in the the, uh, the listeners real quick, how's everything going as far as the knee and, and everything health-wise for you? Yeah, man, I appreciate appreciate you having me on for sure. And, uh, you know, I've been healthy throughout all this. You know, I hope everybody else has been as well and, and been able to get my knee healthy during, you know, kind of the lockdown and shutdown during – during these last few months. So I feel like I'm 100% kind of put that past me. We got back to campus on, in June, and it's kind of like I never skipped a beat. You know, I was back running, back back doing everything with, with no limitations and, you know, playing football with no limitations and, and feeling great, feeling very confident. And like I said, I kind of just put it behind me. It feels like it didn't even happen, even though, I mean, obviously probably seven months ago I was having the surgery. Right, yeah, and I'm, I'm really glad to hear that everything is uh, clearing up health-wise, back with the team. We're ready for some football. I know there's been big news with the Valley saying that it looks like we're going to have football. We talked a little bit about this off air, but this off season, man, I know it's been a roller coaster to say the least. I, I've actually been enjoying some people's stories just about how they've been able to, you know, really manage to the best of their ability, make makeshift weights, weight sets, getting kicked off of fields. What does this off season overall look like, Brady Davis, and his his preparation for his final year? Kind of exactly what you just said, makeshift ways getting kicked off fields, you know, especially early on. Um, I, I did have a couple things. I got some a brother and a couple cousins, and I went home to Mississippi because I knew I had some some stuff in storage, Some and I actually had more than I thought. So I was able to get a decent little, you know, gym set, bench press, and free weights and stuff like that in my garage here in, in Illinois. I've kind of been here throughout throughout the whole time my uh, wife was working and, and doing school and whatnot and we have a couple dogs so we're kind of just settled in you know so we stayed at our house here and and um, I was I, I met with the athletic trainer you know maybe twice a week at, at most at, at random parks or whatnot we couldn't get on the field I, I would sometimes hop on the field you know late night by myself but he wouldn't he wouldn't break the rules with me but um we were yeah a lot of the a lot of what you said just you know finding ways, unique ways to work out and then, um, you know, really just pushing myself in rehab. And I was kind of at the stage where I was starting to run and jump and cut and whatnot about three, four months um, in to the process. So, I mean, it wasn't too bad. Obviously, you'd like to be in your in your weight room, in your training room at your facility. But I was able to manage and, and <clears throat> kind of just, you know, fight through the adversity like everybody has been during all of this and, and find ways to get better. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wanted to take you, Brady, a little bit back to coming out of Starkville High School, as you said, in Mississippi. I know, obviously, you went to uh, Memphis originally, uh, a part of a great quarterback room, to say the least, over there in Memphis. So just talk to me a little bit about coming out of high school, why Memphis was ultimately the best spot for you, and maybe what were some other schools that you had high interest in as well? 
Yeah, that's um, that's a good question. It's so long ago. I'm up and getting old, man. I'm ready to play this season and move on for sure. Uh, but it was my time in Memphis was great. I'll say that first of all. I, I would never, you know, never change change anything if I could because I made so many good friends. Like you said, I was a part of a lot of great quarterback rooms and learned from from guys that you know moved on to do it at a higher level. So uh, coming out of high school, I, I had a lot of the, those conference, the American Athletic Conference. I was real interested in South Florida. Um, Louisiana Tech was a school that kind of came down to the wire for me. I had a lot of those mid-major offers with a lot of interest from big schools, but some of them wouldn't, wouldn't ever pull the trigger. You know, a couple came on, came in late, some SEC schools, but I was pretty much set on Memphis at that point. And I really trusted in the vision and, and, and the things that they were doing there at the time. It was Coach Fuente, who's at Virginia Tech now, is who I signed with. And, and um, I really, I think they had a 10-win season like the year that I had committed, but I had committed before that year. So it, was, it all just worked out good. And that's where uh, my family, my dad, whole dad's side of the family is in Memphis. So that's kind of home to me as well. I'm only like two hours. I grew up only a couple hours away and went every couple weeks, you know. So Memphis is home to me, still is. I still consider Memphis home. And um, that, that kind of, you know, ultimately helped with that decision, obviously. But I really I really liked what Coach Fuente did offensively and kind of the plans he had for me to, to take over after Paxton Lynch moved on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know obviously it's it's really turned out well. You know, you you got to Illinois State. You had a very successful for, um, uh, first year, I should say, over there. Uh, kind of, it's it's a little odd though. I know for some people because you were a guy that kind of got to experience that recruiting process to a degree twice. You know, moving schools to Illinois State. So why why Illinois State, Brady? At the end of the day, I know they're a you know, a pretty historic program on the FCS level. They just came off a 10-win season, obviously, this past year. So it's a very successful program. But for you, what was it about Illinois State specifically that really stuck out for you? Uh, well, when whenever I decided I was going to get um, get the release and leave Memphis and, and pursue other things, I wanted to go FCS. I wanted to play, you know, at the best level possible that I could play at right away. Um Growing up in Mississippi, there's the JUCO thing. You always do the JUCO thing. I was kind of, I think I was past that point yet because it was going into what was going to be my junior year, but I was in, ended up getting another year of eligibility for an injury. But um, long story short, I didn't have much. I didn't have much going for me. I didn't play in Memphis. I had the knee injury. Um, but you know, there was there was a handful of schools and some coaches that ended up at some FCS schools and whatnot. And um, it really came down to North Alabama, who had just moved up. It was going to be their first year in FCS. And that was the that one made the most sense. It was right, you know, hour down back roads from my hometown in Mississippi, actually, probably an hour and a half. My first cousin and and his wife is my wife's best friend. They live there. That was that was the that was the easy thing to do. But you know what what it was is I wanted to play the best level of competition, like I said, and and just looking into it, right, right when Illinois State kind of came into the picture. I kind of knew him from because Coach Fuente, those guys at Memphis, that whole staff had been there probably five or six years before they were at Memphis. So I had heard them talk about it. It's just the Valley is uh, obviously more of the known known thing, you know, about North Dakota State and whatnot. So I was just looking at the schedule, looking at, you know, the stadiums and the competition. I wanted to I wanted to take that take that chance and go play. I knew I, I was betting on myself. I knew I was at the in the best position of my you know football career at the time playing wise and came back from that first knee injury and was feeling really good and really confident. So it ultimately came down because I, I wanted to play North Dakota State, I wanted to play South Dakota State, I wanted to play Northern Iowa and, and all those teams rather than, you know, some of the other teams in the other conferences. Yeah, and, and then that's a, that leads me into my next question perfectly. You know, you talked about Missouri Valley and the great football teams that are part of there. I mean, I know there are some guys in the CAA that would probably try to argue with you to say that they were the best conference. But for my money, it's obviously the Valley with North Dakota State and South Dakota State and all these types of great teams, Illinois State, like, 
you know, there's just so many good ones for you, man. Like on a week to week basis, being a guy that started out on the FBS level, how talented is that gauntlet of football teams on a week to week basis? Oh, it's 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 unlike. I mean, it's it's different. I'll say that it's different. Obviously, you know this with all the film that you watch. Just they, the American Athletic Conference is obviously a different style of football. It's, you got more speed. You know, I remember Memphis's offensive line was kind of small, athletic guys, and and it's more spread out. But here, you get here, and it's it's physical, man, and it's every week. And then the D, the team might be one and eight, but their defense is going to be really good. And it's kind of I came from a conference where there was a lot of points scored. And then all of a sudden you're like, man, these defenses are really, really tough. And you're watching film and you're like, they're not giving you anything. So I think just I think from top to bottom, you know, it's we beat up on each other. So people's records don't look great, but especially defensively, they're good every across the board. And it's it's a top conference. I know I, I wouldn't even I would definitely say top FCS conference, but there's no doubt it's better than some of the other ones. And and I, I'm not going to argue with anybody if, if they wanted to, but the Valley is absolutely legit, as most people know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I was excited just to see your – you know, your year in 2018, like I kind of talked about it on the, you know, all-conference newcomer team, and you had obviously a lot of great success. I know, you know, with the injury before that and a couple years, you obviously hadn't played much at all on the college level. What was that, Brady, though, for like 2018, finally getting that start nod, getting all that playing time for a person that, unfortunately for you, some circumstances you had to be a little more patient than others early in your career? Right. Yeah, it was it was definitely, you know, it was my dreams. My dreams, I guess you could say, came true when I got the scholarship to Memphis and went on to play Division One football. But you go to play. You don't go. You don't go because I mean, you go because they're paying for your school. But the dream is being out there playing on Saturday. So when I finally got to do that and, you know, I created a quick bond with these guys here at Illinois State. These dudes are my best friends, you know, just like those guys in Memphis were as well. And it was it's just a, it's just a really good place and a really good group of guys to play with. So it was it was a blast, man, that whole year. You know, obviously, as a team, we lost four of the last five, I believe, and really kind of put ourselves out of a position for the playoffs. So, but it was a lot of our first year playing together, and that's what's been kind of cool watching us grow. And then, you know, last year we had a bunch of injuries on offense, but we found ways to win a lot of games. And then that's what's so, you know, exciting about hopefully getting to play this year because we've grown together and a lot of names that you would know if I said we kind of all started there in 2018. And it was a blast, man. And and last year was different. It was it was different for me. We wasn't. We weren't able to air it out, and we, we had a lot of injuries at receiver, and we, we kind of laid on James Robinson a lot, but it was fun, too. It's just being with this team every day and finding ways to win games is awesome, and, and 2018 was definitely fun to finally get to do it. And, and you, you talked about the, the success. I, I talked about it a little bit in the intro, you know, just 10-5, and five, third round of the playoffs. You guys are a couple plays away from beating North Dakota State, the, the undefeated champs, yada, yada, but you guys had them on the cusp of a potential national championship game. And obviously I know you were relegated to the sideline with the injury, but just Brady from, from an outside, I don't even want to say an outside perspective, because I'm sure you handled it with class and you were a leader still, even, you know, on the sidelines, but just what were the emotions, the, the being so proud of the team Because obviously you're the quarterback of the team. You're the ipso facto, no matter if how, how your day's going, you're the leadership role. You know what I mean? So how, what was it like just being so proud of your guys to be able to see what they accomplished despite what you said, all those injuries, uphill battles, and they still were able to compete with the best of the country and then make it to that third round of the playoffs and, and nearly pull a, a big upset there. Yeah, I mean, it was it was awesome. Just kind of that whole year, we, would, we forced so many turnovers on special teams. We made so many huge plays on defense. You know, we, we mauled people. James Robinson had 
probably just shot 2,000 yards, 20 touchdowns. It was just good finding ways to win games when, you know, when we did have all our receivers go down and wasn't as confident in the passing game, we were able to, you know, I was going to the line of scrimmage with any play in my hand that I wanted to honestly see what the defenses do is doing and find the best scheme to get James the ball and whatnot. And then, and then to see uh, after I got hurt and kind of, it was kind of a deflated feeling. We almost lost to Missouri State. We lost our second team running back as well, the kind of guy that spelled James Robinson. He went down with a knee injury a few plays after me, and we had already had three of our starting receivers hurt for, you know, that happened early in the year, but they were out all year. And it was deflating, and then we lost to Youngstown, and then the team just regrouped, and it was it was really – I was really proud. I went to every game except the Central Arkansas one because I had surgery right before it, but – it was awesome just watching them find ways to win games and rely on that run game. Bryce Jefferson, who played quarterback, played so well, managed everything so well. Couldn't have been prouder of him. And then that defense is fun to watch. I never really get to watch while I'm playing, so I got to kind of watch them every game. And they're nasty, man. And I, I that man, you you are the best interview right now, Brady, because you're just <laughs> leading me right into the next questions, man. Because I wanted to ask about that defense with Romeo McKnight, Devin Taylor, Christian at safety. Like there's. So many dudes on that defense. I'm leaving out a few that are just – I mean, you guys gave up, I think, like 15 points a game. Like, it was out, one of the best defenses in in the FCS level. Talk to me about competing against those guys every day. And then on the other side of things, your ability to, to take a step back and then just see how dominant of a defensive unit you guys have over there. Yeah, it's it's funny you say that because this is – we just got back last week and the coaches are like getting – I don't know. We're not allowed to have footballs yet. We start camp in a week or so, but we've, we've done like some senior led like Skelly sessions and whatnot. And it's so competitive, man. Them defense, Devin Taylor is the leader of the bunch too. And it is just chirping back and forth. It is full speed and it's been really fun and we've had our success. They've had theirs, but it's, it's awesome going against them because it has me ready for those Valley defenses. I think I think if you look at our back end, they're as long and as fast as anybody with Christian Paul Luther Kirk last year. And then Devin, you say, and Another corner that's young, Charles Woods is a top, was I think a fresh or sophomore All American. And then and then you talk about the pass rush and the length. And that's just what, that's kind of going back to what I was talking about, the difference in like divisions and just the, how the Missouri Valley is different. There's you got dudes on our D line that are massive. John Ridgeway, Jason Lewan, and then Romeo's not as massive as those guys, but he's the you know, the pass rush technician. So it's it's definitely it's definitely tough every day. And then their defensive coordinator does a really good job mixing things up and and, you know, they do a great job disguising things. So it really keeps me on my toes and it makes me a better player for sure. But it's definitely competitive. Our practice film is, is fun to watch and it's we don't like each other. I'm not going to lie. We do not like each other during training camp. But right when the season starts, it's back to all love. And we're, you know, obviously pulling for those guys. But it is very competitive going against that defense. I love it, man. I love it so much. That's, that's my favorite part, honestly, is the, the well, besides for playing, obviously, on Saturdays is, you know, just being able to compete with the guys. And despite that, that you don't like them too much, you know, I, I see you voicing out for your guys on Twitter a little bit. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, we, I love them to death. It's just in between those stripes, man. They they find a way to get under my skin, and it, it's, it's fun. It's, it's, a, it's a healthy argument every day, and we, we get after it. It's very competitive. I love it. I love it so much. And and I'll, I'll say this, Brady, I'm going to lay down a quick scouting report because I've been able to see like three or four of your games um, over the last two years. So Brady is a tall quarterback, well-built, still has room to put a lot of weight on. Um, arm talent, like you talk about arm talent, the ball coming off of his hand. It's just so natural. I think he has one of the strongest arms in all of college football, FBS, FCS level, especially in the 2021 cycle. I think that he is 
right there at the top of the class. And then he's also a very solid athlete. So Brady, like just kind of looking at your game a little bit here, what do you think is the biggest progressions in your game over the last couple of years? And just the, the things that you've really have kind of centered on this off season to really improve in your game and then to be one of those best quarterbacks in college football this year. Yeah, I think um, I think I got to play within the scheme a little better, especially last year when um, I, I mentioned the couple of receivers that went down. It kind of it was guys that I relied on. I knew it was always going to be there. It was I, I'm sure you've heard the name Andrew Egger. He had he had like 800 yards for me that 2018 year, and then a couple other guys that had kind of came on in the off season and they went down. And I feel like I just tried to do too much. I broke the pocket too much. I didn't take the flat to the running back too much, and that's something I really tried to focus on. It and watching tape and then in, in these first few practices is just getting the ball to the to the if they're if the running back outflanks the linebacker get it to him right away like don't wait for the corner to come open because it might not come open and I think I found myself trying to push the ball down the field too much so I gotta stay within the pocket and kind of stay within the scheme and just and get the ball to my playmakers and I think I think everything else will you know kind of take care of itself I'll be able to push the ball down the field whenever you know the, the opportunity presents itself but I think that's the biggest thing is kind of pocket awareness and then and just taking those easy throws and not always trying to push it downfield. And Brady, would you say that there's any player, it could be past, present, growing up, whatever it might be, are there any quarterbacks that maybe you model your game after a little bit or just maybe some of your personal favorites to watch and break down a little bit? uh, Growing up, I was a Brett Favre guy just because he was from Mississippi. I loved watching him, and I kind of think I have that, you know, gunslinger deal I definitely did in high school and kind of need to get away from it. Sometimes it gets me in trouble, but – uh, just kind of slinging the ball out there, feeling like I can make any throw. I can throw the field whole shot. I can throw the, you know, I can throw the post if he's sixty yards downfield. I can lead him seventy five. You know, I, I feel confident in that, and that I that like you kind of said a minute ago that I can, you know, do have a strong arm and can kind of throw it with anybody. And then I like Matthew Stafford kind of for the same reasons. He's a he rips the football. You know, he he's not he's confident throwing it in tight holes. He pushes it down the field. He kind of throws it with good anticipation. He can change the arm angles he can you know change the velocity the the one two three throw as we call it and um and that's something that you know I I, I kind of see that in quarterbacks when I'm watching tape because that's something I feel like I can do I can kind of throw it throw every style of football so so to say and now that we're looking at the next season because we talked about the 10 and 5 record obviously you coming back from injury I know you're really hungry to get a Great final year here. So for the team individually wise, what do you want to accomplish in 2020? What's going to kind of be the final and the best chapter to your story here at Illinois State? Yeah, I mean, if hopefully we're able to compete for a national championship, hopefully that's like a possibility for everyone, you know, and that's that's our number one goal. We had a senior meeting the other day and that's always going to be the top goal. And, and then obviously the next would be the Missouri Valley. And if we always say if you can win the Missouri Valley, you, you put yourself in a great you know position to, to be the national champion. So whether it's just Valley player or not, we want to we want to win our conference because that's kind of like you say, it's the best one, best one in FCS and a really top tier conference in college football. So we want to win every game and and. Personally, I just want to clean up, you know, the things that I know that I, I didn't do well last year, probably more so than 2018, and and just show that I'm healthy, show that show that I can play, and then try to move on because I, I love playing this game. I love everything that go, goes into it, from the interviews to the film, the training room, the everything. So I, I want to just clean up everything and and really lead these guys to a great season, and then hopefully put myself in position to you know find a spot on the team. Yeah, man, and, and obviously that's why I wanted to really reach out to you is because I, I think everything I've seen of you, you definitely have the talent level 
to play and compete at the next level. So kind of the last question I have for you, kind of like to end it off here. What would that feeling be like? Obviously, I know it's it's tough to imagine it right now, but what just what type of blessing would it be for you? How long of a dream has it been for you to eventually play professional football and, you know, just the overall just gratitude to have that opportunity? Yeah, it would be it would mean the world to me. I've I put so much in, man, just you know, I kind of thought I thought I had a chance last year um, to to come out. It was supposed to be my senior year last year. It was my fifth year, and and everything just went from my receivers getting hurt to, you know, there was a game where we only threw it eleven times, and whether a dude fell or I missed the throw or a drop or a sack, we just I, I probably had three hundred yards through four games. It was just it started out so bad, and then I kind of learned how to love the game and play again, and just play as a team and just try to win. And that's I found so much like joy and winning those games even if I've handed it off to James Robinson 30 times threw it 15 and had 100 yards you know what I mean and then and then obviously got hurt again and had to had to come back and and to see you know have guys like yourself and you know I have the agents and my coaches telling me that you know people still think I can do it and I know I can still do it it's just it would mean the world to be able to prove that and then for the dream to come true and to put my family in a good position and be able to get my wife out of college because she's a couple years older than me. She's ready for me to get out of college and for me to be able to take that next step to the pros. That would be that would be huge, and it would just it would be a dream come true, man. And I would I'm willing to to, to go from the bottom to the top. I don't care if it's a tryout. I'm one of those guys that'll put everything into it regardless. So I'm just gonna you know pray. Hopefully we play and stay healthy again, and, and then I think I'll I think I have every opportunity to get that shot. Uh, most definitely. And I, and uh, last advice I can give to you, Brady, is. Always make the wife happy. So go make some money after you're done here. You know what I mean? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah. So Brady Davis here, quarterback, Illinois State, future NFL draft pick. I'm going to call it right now. Future NFL player. Brady, appreciate it, man, again, so much for taking some time. I know, I know uh, you know, you were very flexible with the timing and everything, man. So I appreciate just getting a little glimpse into your background a little bit here. And uh, just overall, man, appreciate the conversation for sure. Yeah, man. And I, likewise, I appreciate you. Appreciate you. Appreciate what you do for everybody like myself. And, uh, you know, I look forward to, to seeing who you're watching tomorrow and seeing what tape you're diving into because I watch the clips, too. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.